Welcome back to the CrossFit Bath podcast. As always, I am Jason, but today I'm joined by a very special guest. So this week, we're joined all the way from California by Olympic lifting coach, Eileen Wu. Eileen, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, it's a much more comfortable time for me to do the podcast now than uh, it's not too early in the morning. It's not that early for you, I think. It's like nine o'clock, right? Nine o'clock is perfect. Uh, is that perfect? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Still a bit early. <laughs> so probably people can guess what we're going to be talking about as you are an Olympic lifting coach. So it's not going to be figure skating. But before we get to that, as a coach, you obviously understand how important it is to warm up before any activity. <laughs> and I always say podcasts are no different. So I have a few warm up questions for you. Some of my own and a couple that have been thrown in from some listeners. Okay. So first one very simple cake or ice cream oh cake cake any any cake. particular cake there's a bakery near here called Susie cakes they make an amazing red velvet cake okay well so now anyone listening to this that knows you that lives locally now you know <laughs> how to get in her good books from red velvet uh kate asks what is the most dangerous thing you've ever done Oh, wow. Oh, wow. The most dangerous thing I've ever done. I don't know how off the books we want to get. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> uh, let me think. Oh, this was fun. I studied abroad in Australia in my junior year of uni college. I think you guys call it uni. And we went to New Zealand as part of our travels after. And it's not super dangerous, but we did this thing called the canyon swing, which is similar to a bungee jump. All right. So not super dangerous, but dangerous feeling enough. Yeah, that's funny because I've asked this question once before on the podcast and the answer was bungee jumping. Yeah. So that's. <laughs> so why are people doing it? Clearly, you all know it's dangerous. Stop. Stop it now. <laughs> Eileen, there's a question I like to ask any guest when they do their first appearance on the podcast. First okay. of many, I'm sure. If they were going to make a movie of your life, yeah, who are you picking to play you? Uh, you know what? I, uh, I have, I'm a huge fan of Emma Stone, although she's not Asian at all. <laughs> I think she's just incredible. Her, obviously, her acting ability, she's incredibly strong and attractive, and just her character and who she represents, I just, I just love it. It's good casting. Twitter will go mad with this casting. <laughs> Whitewashing Hollywood. They'll not be happy. <laughs> but as long as you're happy, we don't care. So final warm-up question. And I've, I've picked this one out because I think it will transition very nicely into what we want to talk about afterwards. Uh, because Helen Grace Bennett asks, how can a local affiliate attract more women to try Olympic lifting? Uh how can I, I think by showing them that it's not hard and that it's not intimidating, you know, with like, look, look, I have this online snatch course coming up and the answer is the question comes a lot. Am I too old? I'm a female. Um, I'm new. And it's, it's almost better that way. And, and the more you can make it seem just another day, we're just doing these easy things. Everything's fine. I think if you, show them that they can be vulnerable and everything's okay it becomes much more attractive it isn't this big hard thing you know it's 
it's good. It's good. Yeah, I, I it's interesting. Um, a few weeks ago, we were were speaking to one of the owners, Ed. He finally got him on the podcast. So uh, he was saying that he struggled to learn Olympic lifting because of sort of the bad habits he had from coaching for years, doing other. Uh, types of lifting and, and movements and, that. and so the idea of you know doing everything very slow and having to try and sort of start linking two or three different movements together it w- was a was a struggle and he says you know when he sees people coming in having no experience it's almost better because it's like a blank canvas right you can you can start straight away i think it's interesting the idea of it being intimidating because uh, when when i first started doing crossfit in the gym we were in at that time on on wednesday there used to be a weightlifting class in the evening as well uh, and initially, I was like, well, I'm not good enough to join that yet. And a lot of people felt this way. I, I kind of came to understand that we sort of, oh, well, you know, w- once I'm better, then I can join. And that's obviously completely the opposite. It should be, well, to get better, join. Uh, so, And then I, I did start going, and I absolutely loved it. And so I've been really excited to get you on because I'm a, you know, I, I'm small, so I'm not an amazing Olympic lifter, but I really do enjoy the the Olympic lifting uh, and I, I am on record as saying if I stopped doing CrossFit I would just do Olympic lifting like that would be I would never go back to just kind of the gym traditional gym training I was like if I'm not doing this I'm gonna do that because yeah it's fun I like it beautiful and Helen sort of followed up with a can we have a podcast on women and Olympic lifting so oh, I hope yeah. I, I hope this you know, I hope <laughs> she's happy with this Helen this is for you <laughs> <laughs> this moves very nicely into obviously our topic uh, and I suppose before we start speaking specifics it would be good to know a little bit more about you so how did you get into Olympic lifting in the first place and then I suppose how did you get into coaching Olympic lifting as well um it's, it's kind of a long story so I got involved with CrossFit a long time ago back in 2007 2008 and so I started crossfitting then. I actually was a volunteer judge at the 2008 CrossFit Games. And I timed the, the previous, I don't know if he's current legal head of CrossFit, Dale Saran, Jason Kalipa, who of course won that year, and uh, Matt Chan, amongst others. I think it, that was the year I think it was Annie's first CrossFit Games appearance. All right, yeah. So, so doing like her f- famous first muscle up that she'd never yeah. been able. To, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, and it, it was at the ranch. Um, anyway, so I, I I was involved with CrossFit a long time ago, and I got I got involved with lifting because of CrossFit and because CrossFit weightlifting coach Coach Bergner told me I should. He he spotted me from across the room. You know, this short little Asian girl told me to squat. You know, I have I have this great squat. He's like, you should lift. Um, I started lifting shortly thereafter. Uh, coach Bergner was a little f- far away f- from me at that time. So I learned under a uh, coach, Bob Ticano, Hall of Fame coach here in the in States. And I actually uh, lifted for a couple years alongside Lindsay Valenzuela. I don't know if people know who she is. We used to lift, as she saw her every day for five days a week. Um, not a lot of people know this and ho- hopefully she doesn't get mad at me for saying this, but you know, at that time she was thinking about making a run for the Olympics and everyone um you know we were all there we were all lifting with her and she was just so incredibly strong you know every time she would go I remember she went for a clean at that time at that time it was big weight it was like 100 105 kilos the entire you know group would stop and just gawk and just wow that's incredible but I always loved coaching so before I transitioned into lifting I was a local coach at the CrossFit gym I was at 
um, you know, you get into CrossFit, the push to get the level one. And then, you know, because you started earlier than everyone else, you helped the new people. And I did the intros and stuff like that. And I actually got asked to be a part of CrossFit weightlifting staff, maybe in 2000, somewhere between 2010 and 2012 by Coach Bergner. I started coaching with him. I got the chance to demo for him at a couple of CrossFit games, which is cool because we would have this thing where we would give people an experience of what it was like to be at the cert and just kept going from there, coaching and, and, and just seeing what worked for people and helping them understand what it is that Olympic weightlifting was and helping them get better at it, I guess is the long story short. Yeah, I mean, that's great. And I think, uh, so firstly, there you go, everybody. There's the uh, the CV. So don't switch off when we start <laughs> critiquing Olympic lifting in any way. Uh, I think that's interesting. Going back even to Helen's question before, that idea of how to get people into Olympic lifting. Uh, that's not the first time I've heard somebody sort of, well, I was doing CrossFit and somebody spotted me across the room doing a lift and said, you know what, you should maybe focus on this because you're really good at that. I think like Matty Rogers is a similar story, isn't it? She was you know, going to CrossFit and then somebody saw you lifting and said, hey, you're good at that. Uh, and I think it's, it's a common story. You, you've obviously really run with it <laughs> because you've you've uh, then been been coaching together with CrossFit. So it's nice that you have. It wasn't sort of a split that you were like, well, I'm doing lifting now and goodbye CrossFit. It's sort of the, the two nicely uh, kind of worked together, which is yeah. brilliant for this podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, I you know uh, I actually did go away from CrossFit for a little bit. I did focus on Olympic lifting for a long time, and then with the comeback with CrossFit weightlifting at that time I was on staff got to come back into CrossFit in that way and and you know CrossFit was growing at that time it's not like you really leave in terms of understanding the culture and appreciating it and you know CrossFit athletes are incredible you you have to respect. So I did want to ask you about working with CrossFit athletes uh, in particular I, I know obviously we've talked to you coach people that have never lifted before and then you're going to coach people that are passionate about Olympic lifting and they've been doing that for a long time. And then you have CrossFit athletes that are this kind of mixed breed of people that, you know, they've maybe specialized in, in one sort of skill for some time and then they start doing CrossFit or now it's more common that somebody sort of starts just doing CrossFit and that's their, their kind of go-to experience for all those different, you know, gymnastic movements, weightlifting movements and so on. I just kind of wanted, cause I was looking for some of the people you've worked with like Val Oberall, uh, Jamie, how was it? Jimmy Hagia, Chelsea Grisby, Andrew Kong. You've got great uh, snatch videos with him on your YouTube channel. Are CrossFit athletes good students? And I, I get that that's a broad, a broad question. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. You know what? Um, and, and I need to sh- shout out Danae Brown. She was my first CrossFit athlete, and she was a games athlete in 2000, and I want to say 13, 14, 15, around there. So I got to be behind the scenes at the CrossFit Games with her. But cross, CrossFit Games athletes are great athletes in that they are eager and they want to learn. And they're strong and they appreciate it and they just want to get better. They're challenging in that. So with CrossFit, to be a good CrossFit athlete, you have to be able to go and fast and all the time. So they, they can be challenging in that, you know, I just need you to do this little piece. I think you see it in the videos, right? Just give me this little piece and then we'll be able to move on. And different athletes can move along those steps in their different rates. And sometimes they just, they just want to go, they just want to go, they just want to go. And it's like, well, we just need to slow down just a little bit <laughs> and just do this little bit right and then we can move on. So they're fantastic athletes to work with. They're incredible. They're strong. They have these great humble for the most part personalities it depends on who you're working with right everyone I've worked with has been wonderful 
um, but I know some aren't. And um, but yeah, they're 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 fantastic. Okay, well saved at the end there. <laughs> no, but they are. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can understand what you mean. I think it's even the, that whole kind of like winning the warm up mentality, isn't it? It's sort of it's it's time to go, just go. And the idea of going slowly, I don't have that problem. For me, it's the opposite. Try and make me go fast. And I'm like, oh, really? I'm tired. It's been a long day. But but I get for some that are, are slightly more competitive than me, this this could be an issue. Uh, and I think the majority that, you know, listen to this podcast, we really try to, I mean, we talk, we have those that are very competitive and are doing comps, but it's a lot about health. Uh, and, and I think particularly with something like Olympic lifting, going slow, making sure you're, you're dialing in all the different parts that means, you know, it's going to help you avoid injury. That's going to help you get the lift you want, but in a, a nice safe way, because you can lift a weight up in, in a variety of different ways. The outcome can be quite different depending on, on, you know, how your back is and how your core is and, and so on. So yeah, how do we move into this? So you have a series of, of YouTube videos out at the moment as of recording this. So this is going recording a little bit in advance just before I move house. Uh, so as, as of now, I think you haven't finished uploading all the ones of the men's side yeah, of the yeah. comp, but the, 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 the women's side is done. And I think about half of the men's one, probably, I think, I'm not sure how many videos. There's, there's quite a few. <laughs> is there gonna be quite, well, they kept going, didn't they? They wouldn't stop. <laughs> no, they didn't stop. They didn't drop off. So the, the videos we're talking about, now if anyone hasn't seen these, the links will be in the description. I highly recommend go and watch them. Uh, either pause this and go and watch them now or watch them later because this is how we're going to try and break down this episode considering Olympic lifting, it's, very, it's a very visual thing. You kind of need to see the, the movements. But obviously the 2019 CrossFit Games, controversial <laughs> for certain things. But one thing that I think at least 99% of people agree with was that the clean event was fantastic. So getting to watch, uh, you know, the top 10 and the, the females and the males just one at a time, nice and slow, get to watch them do the lift. That was fantastic. Everybody really enjoyed it. So you have a series of videos where you are just breaking down that event. I mean, what's nice about it as well is like looking even in the comment section, you know, the comment section on YouTube is notoriously one of the most dangerous places to go on the internet. Like nobody is kind. Yours, everybody's lovely. They're all so nice. And what's nice is that, you know, you're, you're there as you know, introducing yourself as an Olympic lifting coach, watching this CrossFit competition, and you're not tearing it down. You're very complimentary to all the athletes, but at the same time, you're giving a lot of very practical feedback. So my point of view is this, listener, go with me on this. These are, you know, the top of the top of the spear athletes. So they are the best of the best in, in CrossFit. Yes, there were cuts and so on and so forth. But even just getting to the games, you're a certain level of athlete. Oh. So my theory is, if these are the problems and mistakes that they are making, it's almost certain that we're doing the same things. Because <laughs> if the best are doing it, <laughs> there's a pretty good chance we're probably making very similar mistakes right <laughs> oh absolutely so you you give a lot of feedback in, in the videos but what i'd like to do is if if you're happy to do this with me is just break down some of the kind of expressions you use and some of the little things you say the cues you give uh, and kind of get into exactly what you mean when you when you're saying that and also sure. the why because i always feel if you know why you should do something you know, it makes more sense. You're going to try and do it 
it's not just oh you know always telling me to to look where my feet are Ugh, why if you say well that'll add 15 percent on your lift okay yeah i'll do that that's great so <laughs> that's my idea for sure so it, i mean it was a great event we loved watching it but but there there are a few things that came up quite often and then maybe at the end you can just add some other stuff that perhaps i missed but are maybe the most common mistakes that people are making uh, sure. so kind of starting from the beginning the way people were approaching the bar Oh, about <laughs> people not looking at their feet no so, what do you mean by that well you know what olympic lifting is a sport of positions and it's very very technical in that way and so every position is set up by the position before it so if your position at the above the knee is not great chances are you're not going to great get a great extension or be in a great position for the extension for the triple extension for the jump because you're already compromised at the above the knee position. Well, the, the starting position that sets you up or screws you for every other position is from the floor, right? So all the listeners at home can try this. <clears throat> when you stand up to the barbell, stand, so I'm gonna demo kind of for people who can see, like if this is the barbell and if you're standing like, like this, if you look down and your foot's barely touching the barbell, don't roll the barbell and try to set up on the barbell and see what your positioning is. Now stand so your feet are like this on the barbell and put your hands on the barbell. Don't roll the barbell. Position yourself to the barbell. It's a completely different position, right? So as the position that sets up all the other positions, wouldn't you want to know what that looks like? And wouldn't you want to know what makes that the same? Because if you can make that the same, then you can try to make the rest of the lift the same. So if they're rushing, I, I call it the race to get the hands-on bar because they don't even know where they are relative to the bar, but I just got to get my hands on the bar and I just got to go. Well, where are you? Like, you don't know. And you just want to throw it up. And they're strong enough at 315 to do it, you know? And that's why I kept saying, let's see what happens when it gets heavier because they're so strong that 315 is fine. But can you clean what you should be cleaning? That's the question. Yeah, you might be, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because if you're looking at the, the guy on your left or the guy on your right or the, the girl on your left, the girl on your right, and you're thinking, well, I'm cleaning more than them. That's great. But yeah. you could potentially be cleaning a lot more than them uh, and yeah. it feeling better. Uh, yeah. So I th you, you've kind of mentioned it there because the other thing that we saw quite a lot of was not necessarily positioning the feet correctly in it, like at the start, but to compensate rolling the bar back. Uh, you didn't seem to like that very much as well. <laughs> I mean, it's all the same, right? It's like once you roll the barbell, it's not in the same position, right? So, so Brandon, you got to take a step back. There are very high athletes who do the dynamic start, who roll the barbell. And, you know, a lot of the comments I'm getting out, they want me to review like very, very high level Olympic lifting athletes, which, you know, I can do. I, I can break, I can break down any lift. I, this all happens in the back of my head anytime I see a lift, but it's just so much respect to, you know, there's so many different ways to skin a cat. And if that's the way that's working for them and they're five, 10 kilos off the world record, then you go do it that way, you know? But, but you know, as, as great as these CrossFit Games athletes are and as strong as they are, my experience with them is that a lot of them don't have this level of Olympic lifting coaching. And that at, if they could do little things like know where they're starting and let's not roll the bar off the start and let's just see how that works for you. And if it works, great let's keep it if it doesn't work we can we can put it aside but let's just let's just try you know i, I think that it's i, I was going to mention this earlier and i completely forgot but i guess it's the whole thing of crossfit isn't it is that you it you, you are 
essentially a jack of all trades. So you've yeah. got to be good at gymnastics and you've got to be good at weightlifting and you've got to, and particularly CrossFit Games athletes are very good at all of these things, but you're rarely going to be, uh, you're rarely, you're, you're just not going to be as good at something as somebody that that is their focus, right? Because if you train five days a week, but you have to fit in gymnastics, weightlifting, cardio, you know, all of that. And you've got an, a lifter that trains five days a week lifting. Yeah. By default, obviously, they're going to to have that that ability to be better than you. That's, I mean, that's <laughs> common sense, right? That makes sense. In my mind, that makes sense. And that is the only reason I am not a world champion <laughs> Olympic lifter. <laughs> so the other the other comment I suppose is particularly in the setup I'm just I said, we've not even we've not even started lifting the bar yet we're just yeah, setting yeah. up this is what I, I kind of love about the Olympic <laughs> lifting another thing was about finding like the point to look at uh, I mm. heard that mentioned a couple of times so where should I be looking not at my feet I've looked at my feet I'm happy where <laughs> my feet are where do I go from there with my head well it's it's I, I'm gonna steal your next question there Jason it's 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 you want to be looking straight ahead so generally speaking, when if you're lifting off the floor, if this is straight ahead parallel, I would say maybe like six inches or like a foot above where that spot is because at, you're going to be standing and moving through the movement. So if you're looking just parallel, it's a little too low. Um, but in combination with that, looking straight ahead, but also getting tight before you lift the barbell, because if you don't, you're going to round. It's like doing a heavy deadlift. You're just not, you're just not going to be strong getting into it. And that moment that moment of bar leaving the ground, that's the point you're watching for. What happens in that exact moment? Are they rolling forward? They collapse. Where are they looking? That little moment right there is everything. So you did steal my next question, I, I, which, I, I, was, I which obviously <laughs> gave tight because I, I would say on 90% of the, the cleans that were performed, the expression was, didn't get tight. <laughs> didn't. Or, or a couple of times was, got tight then let it go, then got tight again. Like it was this kind of weird sort of tight, untight type thing. I don't tight, loosen, I suppose is the word, <laughs> untight. Um, so again, when you say it, obviously in your mind, super clear what you mean, what should be tight? So you want, so you want your core to be tight, pushing out on the diaphragm, right? That's the purpose of the belt. You have something to push out against. You also want to be tight with the back and with the lats, pushing back with the lats against the barbell. You want all of that as a system tight. And, and my analogy to this is I'm going to go back to the heavy deadlift, you know, I think cause I, cause it's a little bit more of a simple movement, although you do it heavier. So that makes up for it. But I think everyone's tried to do a heavy deadlift without getting tight. And, you know, the second the barbell leaves the ground, don't you round? Don't you lose everything, you know? And and isn't it infinitely more difficult? So while the lifts aren't as heavy compared to a heavy deadlift, there's so much, they're in a way so much more technical and so much more explosive and fast. So if you lose that position on getting tight, again, getting tight, pushing out on the diaphragm, back tight, lats tight, you're going to lose your position. And then as the position that sets up all the other positions, you're making up for it the rest of the lift. So I, I mean, I might be completely wrong. Uh, again, I'm not a coach, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking from a, a novice perspective, um, sure. you know, I might set up and yeah. I might think I am tight because, you know, you've just mentioned three or four different parts of the body that should engage and be tight. Yeah. And if I've got one or two, engaged and, and feeling tight in my mind yeah. oh i'm tight right i've i've, I've yeah. I'm 
but what I need to be thinking is I need to be looking at the body really as a whole and making sure that kind of like almost like a checklist, like, yeah, that's tight, that's tight, that's tight, that's tight. And then I know, okay, I'm in a good position, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think we've covered the setup. I mean, that's <laughs> And now you're allowed to lift the bar. Well done. No, it's true. So uh, you mentioned about fast and explosive, but that also seems to be at a stage, right? So... Again, <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, we actually have some, uh, and you know, I don't like to give out praise on this podcast very much, but we have some fantastic coaches at CrossFit Bath and the bridge. And um, particularly with like the Olympic lifts, we've, you know, we've really been drilled well. Um, so if anyone, you know, pop on over to CrossFit Bath <laughs> once we're allowed uh, and enjoy the lift. But so, so we have some great, some great coaching anyway. But I just think it's always nice to see another perspective and, and, and break it down. But yeah, uh, obviously, I mean, it goes back to the as fast as you can, right? Grip and rip. You just hands on the bar. You know, you, you didn't look at your feet. You grabbed the bar and now the bar is in the air. <laughs> and, and it kind of makes sense because the, the faster you go, the more, you know, the more power there's going to be and the higher the bar is going to, to go, right? But that acceleration needs to happen at a certain point is what I'm kind of um, gleaning from from the videos and from what I've been told. So the first pull, what should the focus be then? And I'm going to guess not speed. The focus is not speed. The first pull is a very positional pull. So, so the intention of the first pull is to maintain position and to start kind of generating momentum a little bit. So what I like to say is I compare the legs to a thermometer. And so the height of your leg, the faster, the higher up the leg you go, the faster the bar should be, but it's not, it's not the same. So from the floor to above the knee, it's really, really slow. The first pull, very positional, stay strong. Don't let the bar pull you forward. Keep it tight. Like all those things. Once you pass the knee, you can start generating speed. You can start generating momentum into that explosive triple extension that, that you're talking about. And then you get under the bar. But the question always comes back, you know, Maddie Rogers, everyone loves Maddie Rogers. She's so fast off. She's fast off the floor, but her positioning is fantastic, number one. And number two, she's faster at the extension. So if you want to be fast off the floor, fine. I'm all about it. But you better show me you have great positioning and you're faster at the end. Because if you're fast off the floor, you're fast off the floor, but you're not really that much faster at this extension, then you didn't really do anything. The intention is for this exponential, almost increase in speed of acceleration. Yeah. So it's like, uh, you know, you might go 10, 20, 30. If you can go 30, 40, 50, great, but don't go 20, 20, 20. Kind of. that's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. That makes sense. That, that's, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I, I think somebody, I think it was Lydia again, shout out to Lydia. Uh, was talking about like, even with the deadlift, uh, like uh, that first pull, I, I think she was likening it to like pushing a car. And she's sort of like, if you've got to push somebody's car, you don't run into their car. Like you, you set up and you start like that initial push. It's, it's not fast, right? It, Cause you're just starting to kind of get in the right position and generate the power. And then maybe once the car starts moving, you go a bit faster sort of things. Again, I guess it's that similar kind of idea, isn't it? I mean, it's not as much positioning needed in pushing a car, I suppose. But <laughs> you, you say that, but try to push a car from a bad position. <laughs> well, that's, that's true. Or up a hill. <laughs> so you, you've mentioned as well, like it being in this kind of compromised position. And I suppose this then goes on to uh, a couple of times we 
we we noticed you and i no it's like you noticed and said it and then i was like oh yeah you're talking about like an early arm bend where people yeah. are trying to kind of bring the bar close again right it's starting to drift forward and and so this the arm is bending too early to bring it close and you mentioned some interesting kind of facts about the bar being away from you and how that affects your your lift so obviously the closer the bar more chances we have of cutting up our shins we know that but why is it so important to have the bar so close well i mean it's the center of gravity right um the center of gravity the closer it is to yourself the less heavy it feels um also i don't know what the number is exactly but i think it's for every inch the bar is away from you it represents an, an increase of i think 10 or 15 percent in load so if you're lifting 100 kilos and you're struggling with 100 kilos let's not lift 115 kilos let's let let's lift 100 kilos another reason that's important is that the bar has to come up over you right so if the barbell is away from you and you lift it you're not going to get as much height and now you have to chase it forward so for all those reasons, it's important that the bar is close to you. And you know what? Like, there's a little bit of controversy around this. And I guess some of my teachings, like, delve in controversy in the main Olympic lifting world. Because a lot of a lot of old school Olympic lifting coaches say that the bar should never be on you. Because of friction. If the bar is coming up with you, then the bar has to, you have to impart extra force because there's friction between you and the barbell. Um, so my caveat to that is yes, technically speaking, if you can maintain the barbell a millimeter away from your body throughout the entirety of the pole, then yes, that's less force. I can't even do that with a PVC pipe, much less any weight, right? And another caveat to this is, you know, I got, I got a chance to mess around the other day. You know, I'm a complete nerd and I'll analyze this all day long. Lydia Valentin, one of my favorite lifters. Everyone knows Lydia Valentin, a Spanish lifter, I would hope. And, you know, I was watching her, I don't know if it's a snatch or a clean at the World Weightlifting Championships. And she keeps the barbell so close to her, a pass, right above a past the knee going to the extension that it literally lifts up her singlet. The singlet that's like paced against you because it's so, you know, it's tight and it's spandex. She's keeping it so close that the barbell's literally lifting up that spandex. So it just, just how important it is to keep the barbell close. And I mean, you see it, you see it in the, in, in the lifts that they can and the lifts that they can't. This video hasn't dropped yet. This video with my friend, Jonathan, where I'm coaching him and he goes for 205, he misses 205, he goes for 185, he misses 185, and through a series of little tweaks, which you know now that I like to do, but the main focus of it is keeping the bar close. We hit, I think, like 215 that day in a matter of 15 minutes, you know, so literally 15 minutes. So it's uh, that important. Yeah, and I, I think that's what, <laughs> as, as a smaller, I, I always do, athlete, as a smaller dad who occasionally goes and does crossfit in the evenings like i that's what i like about olympic lifting because as you're saying like he didn't suddenly get incredibly stronger over the course of like 15 minutes that's not possible right but the positioning and and the way the technique is what makes up for it so like for me that's what i like about olympic lifting because as a smaller guy if you can nail in the technique that allows you to lift more weight you know not as much as the bigger guys that can annoyingly muscle clean it <laughs> or the uh, Amanda Barnhart's of the world that can just oh Amanda Barnhart. make it look too easy with a injured ankle or whatever she had as well. But yeah, that's that. And I, I think that thing of keeping it close, I think I've often been told that kind of, yeah, 
if, if it lifts up your shirt, that's good. Like that. And I guess the best way to, to, to really realize that is just do it because I, I can't always do it. Like I'd love to be able to tell you that every time I lift, yes, like shirts coming <laughs> up. Cause it's that close. It's not, I know it's not. And what's frustrating <laughs> is the few times it has, because then, you know, you can, you know, the difference you're like, Oh, why does that feel so much lighter, so much better than all the other times I'm lifting? Uh, so yeah, definitely getting it close. And, and then we've kind of mentioned the, the whole triple extension a couple of times. So that's, I guess, the other, I, I think that's my biggest weakness personally, but again, who am I? But it's that kind of just pulling too early, uh, or not so much pulling too early, jumping too early, I suppose, is, uh, is the right word. And, and trying to kind of get under, to, under the bar when the bar is much lower than it necessarily needs to be. Because if I just wait, I, <laughs> I know it would be higher if I could just hit that final piece. Yeah. So how do we do that? What's the cue mentally then you need to tell yourself to just to reach that? You know, it's, 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 uh, it's not that easy. And I probably shouldn't say that as someone trying to get people to lift because, you know, the pull from the floor is the hardest part of the lift. It really is. So, so there's just so much that happens and especially if you load it. So what you see on, on a lot of the CrossFit Games videos, um, the critique videos is a lot of them didn't hit that position and you're not going to see this till later when the more of the guys videos come out as the bar gets heavier and the reason for that is all the stuff that we talked about earlier the rolling of the bar not being tied off the floor being in this compromised position so if you're in this compromised position it makes it harder after the fact makes it harder later on to stay over the bar and get to that position that's maximal to get the triple extension so that's why when i teach olympic lifting and i think you see it with let's say kathy that video with kathy or even with kong i always start people with the high hang position because the first thing i need to establish is can you get that triple extension position without everything else coming in the way so if you can get that position then what can we do later on to make sure you get that position later when you're pulling off the floor so jason you're not that far off Everybody has that problem. The question is, can you, do you hit the triple extension position from a lot with a lighter weight from the high? That's, well, the question. that's an excellent question. And that is a question I don't have an answer for, but <laughs> now I've got my homework. So I know what I need to do. So I, I'm one of the rare few people that uh, has a barbell out of, you know, <laughs> in this lockdown that we're in, unfortunately at the moment, because of the move, it's buried under a number of other things, but next week, get it out. <laughs> Uh, so now I know what I'm going to be working on is uh, is trying to hit it from that that high hang. I did notice that when you as you said with with um, with Kong that immediately it was like free from the high hang and then free from from the floor. He wasn't allowed to do free. He was stopped before he did free. I noticed that. Oh, well, I mean, was, <laughs> like that's you know, enough. I've seen enough. <laughs> well, it, that wasn't the intention. The intention was it was heavy, you know, and it was hot. It was yeah. You know, when you're filming, it's it we Jamie let us film in her gym. Shout out to uh, Torrance Training Lab and it's a hot day. It's, it's humid. We got to turn off the fans because otherwise you're going to hear it on the audio. So, you know, he, you hear him mentioned a couple times he's drenched. You, you didn't see the millions of singles he did leading up to warming up for that event. So I knew he was fine. Poor guy, <laughs> poor guy, tortured, <laughs> <laughs> tortured and then put on YouTube. Ah, oh, unbelievable. <laughs> okay. Well, I think there's, so I suppose then throwing it back to you, is there anything else that you know we haven't mentioned that is sort of 
a very common mistake that is maybe even an easy fix, but you know, it's just that we're not aware of it. Or, or do you think we've covered the majority of the, the issues? In terms of the easy, easy fixes, I would say this positioning of this, this strong back, uh, big chest, strong, like tight back positioning, shoulder blades down and together, keeping that there. A lot of what I see crossfitters and athletes do is they'll come in to come out. So this is a loose position and they wonder why they're not lifting a lot there. And it's, you know, try overhead squatting a lot of weight in that loose position. It's, it's not going to happen. So this big, strong, big chest tight back. Um, another thing is, you know, look straight ahead. After that is move your feet as crossfitters. You know, a lot of times they don't like to move their feet because they're used to doing just reps, you know, keep going. If you move your feet, it's going to take time. But when you're looking to do technique, when you're looking to lift heavy, it helps to move your feet. So in terms of the easy, easy things, I would focus on those. Yeah, I definitely heard you tell him to move his feet. I remember that from the video. <laughs> well, well, he's not moving his feet. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, fast, for me, it's been fascinating. Anybody listening to this or watching it, and, you know, we're on YouTube as well, so I recommend maybe go and watch it so you'll see some of the cues that you did. I enjoyed them, but, you know, people that are listening might have missed that. Uh, so why not go to the YouTube channel, have a look. All the links are in the show notes. They always are. A final kind of question that I have with regards to Olympic lifting, because obviously, you know, in, in the UK at the moment, we are still still in lockdown as of recording this. Some things are opening up again to a degree, but uh, gyms, no. Uh, and I know that, you know, we, we often, we've mentioned how many are concerned maybe that they'll lose, you know, their pull-ups and things like that because they haven't had a chance to do that. But, you know, like a snatch, the, the, the amount of time it takes you to kind of finally get it and then not yeah. doing it for months yeah you know that's a movement going back that people are gonna probably be like oh man i you know i finally got it it was feeling good and now i've lost it is there anything people can be doing at home even if they don't have a barbell that will just help them to not necessarily add weight and pr their their snatch but at least uh, help them to kind of get back into the groove ready for for when they can finally get their hands on a barbell again yeah you know what like i, I dare say most of our listeners out there most of the cross crossfit um athletes out there would benefit from a ton of pvc positional work you know when i teach my seminars at first people say oh it's mainly pvc like when are we going to get our hands on the barbell these big guys and, and at the end of it you have these you know guys that can squat 400 pounds that's like 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 god dang that pvc five i'm sore as all heck and just just really drilling in those positions do, doing a snatch slowly or doing a snatch deadlift slowly, feeling those positions. Th those are the things that are going to get you eventually your PR when you get back to the gym. Um, getting that movement really, really down and understanding from a mental perspective and from your body movement perspective, what it feels like to go through those movements. Because once you can feel it, then now when you add weight, it's you can move through it smoother, you can move through it faster, and you can add more weight. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Good, good advice. I mean, I think when with Dan, we were talking a similar thing that kind of, yeah, maybe you can't, you know, do a, a certain move because you don't have the equipment at home, but uh, there's a, a lot of steps leading up to them. Uh, and I think what we were saying kind of quite often, they're the, they're not the sexy steps, you know, they're, they're the boring ones. And as soon as we feel like, well, I can now do it on the rig, or I can now do it with the barbell, we just jump to that. Uh, yeah. And so we're being forced to take baby steps potentially is a good thing for many people so it's um oh, absolutely. you know so another silver lining in an otherwise pretty <laughs> terrible situation globally <Yeah. laughs> you're welcome everybody 
Aline, it's been amazing talking about lifting. I would keep you here all day, but I know you have a life, so we won't do that. And I have a wife locked away in another room, so I, you know, <laughs> I can't do that either. Um, but before I let you go, we'd just like to shout out to a listener. Uh, and it's always nice just to get a little bit of feedback from the guest. So today uh, we'll be shouting out to Big Kev. Now, Big Kev trains at the bridge, so we don't train together uh, very often. And the bigger reason, even if I was at the bridge, that we would not train together is that he likes to train at 7 a.m., which, <laughs> and I train uh, notoriously, I'm very well known on this podcast to tell you that I train at 8 p.m. So <laughs> we, are, we are quite literally night and day. When's a good time for you to train? I like afternoon. Yeah. I hate train. I, I have done one of the 7 a.m. class, like on the Zoom classes since we've been in, in lockdown. And just the warm up, like the high knees and the little heel. Flip, I couldn't do it. I was so stiff. I was like, I've been sleeping all night. I can't possibly do this. I find yeah. by eight o'clock in the evening, I'm nice and warm. I feel like yeah. the day has warmed me up ready for a workout. So, uh, yeah. so I ask his favorite movement in CrossFit. You'll be happy to hear his favorite movement. Any guesses? Snatch. Oh, so Clean. close. Cleans, yes. Yeah. Cleans, and he's, he's added to that proper CrossFit. So uh, <laughs> I'm not sure that is proper CrossFit after the discussion we've had, because it feels that maybe, maybe we all need to work on our cleans a little bit. But, <laughs> but that's nice. Favorite movement using a barbell with a name like Big Kev doesn't surprise you, does it? <laughs> His most hated movement, I'll give you a clue, it also contains a barbell. The snatch. Not the snatch. Deadlift? No, he has gone thrusters. Oh, that's a good one. Amalgamation abomination, he has said. So, um, which uh, I know one of our listeners, Claire, who is on a campaign that, sna- that uh, thrusters are not terrible. When oh, nine- terrible. when 90% of the, the, the responses we've had have been thrusters, <laughs> she's, in a, she's in a losing battle. She just won't accept it. But uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Claire, there's another one for you. Uh, how did he hear about CrossFit? Uh, he says through the Paleo community. Uh, then he's put distant relative and a neighbor. So I'm not sure if that is at the Paleo community as a neighbor of CrossFit, maybe, or if he means a neighbor actually helped him learn about CrossFit. So either way, nice. And I f- always finish with a fun fact that they choose to share with us. And then I will let you decide, Aline, whether or not these are fun, this fact. <laughs> but his fun fact is that Venus fly traps can count. Oh. You have to touch the trigger hairs twice for them to close. Oh. Is that fun? I think it's quite fun. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go, Kev. We've had it's an interesting fact. Not sure <laughs> if it's fun, but it's definitely interesting. <laughs> there we go. Thank you so much. And now that the podcast is weekly, uh, I'm getting dangerously low on these shout out forms. So again, links in the description, fill them out, let us know. Uh, the number of people that listen to the podcast and the number of forms I have are very different. So <laughs> I know there's a lot more of you out there that haven't filled it out than have, uh, but I'd really appreciate that. Also for the warm up questions, it would be great. So thank you, Eileen. The best place for people to find you then, uh, if people want to see your videos or hear what you're up to or these like online courses and things you're doing, uh, where should we direct everyone? Just like you did, the best place to get me is on Instagram, uh, w.lift. Um, I have my website, www.wulift.com, W-U-L-I-F-T, and the YouTube. Um, I love the YouTube. It, it just gives a different perspective. Will you let me go on for a minute, Jason? Yeah. 
Go on for I, as I, many minutes as you need. I, you know, I, I love, I'm going to, I'm going to divert for a second. The intention with putting out the coaching videos was to show people like, I think it was Lydia about women who, who lift and, and the intention was to show that it didn't have to be this big, scary, intimidating, frustrating experience. Um, to have this coach really partner with you at your level and empower you and and know that you're okay and and to excel as you are where you are and, and just learn and grow and with the critiques again the in, intention isn't necessarily to critique but like just show little things that athletes and everyone else can do to literally put on five ten. 15 kilos on their lifts, making a little, little adjustment, you know, isn't that the most beautiful thing ever? So, uh, long answer short, find me on Instagram, find me on YouTube, best place to get me. Yeah. I will put links to everything again in, in the show notes. So just scroll down or look down. I, I don't know wherever you are. Um, I'll probably embed it in the Facebook group somewhere as well for people to see the, the videos. Cause they're really good. And the website as well, there's loads. I mean, you've got so much stuff on there as well. So there's so many little things that, we might not have touched on in this conversation, but probably they'll find it on your website. I was, I was scrolling through earlier. I've done my research. Don't worry. <laughs> I've broken my bad habit of not doing any research for the podcast. I've had a look, but yeah, it's you know really good. Uh, thank you so much for, for coming on. Cause I, I've really enjoyed the chat and I don't really care what anybody else thinks. <laughs> Cause I, I, you know, I, I love, I just, love almost like this i'm not a scientist but i kind of love the science behind doing this yeah. again it must be just because i'm not that big and strong so <laughs> anything that helps really <laughs> so uh yeah links will be in that links for the spotlight form as well uh my instagram but don't worry about that and <laughs> and uh all, all the stuff for filene so you can all head on over there it was helen by the way just helen, i don't want to i don't want to hear anything so, so sorry it was helen sorry. that said that uh, yeah. And I, I hope that, and I'm I'm pretty sure that everyone that goes to CrossFit Bath or goes to the bridge have found that to be the case, that the, the Olympic lifting is not intimidating. And it's actually, if anything, it seems to be what people want to do. You know, when there's not a barbell programmed, oh, that's when you start to hear about it. So <laughs> a, a change is coming. Excellent. Well, thank you everybody for, for listening. Well, thanks again to our, our lovely guest, Eileen. And uh, I'll see you all hopefully next week for another interesting episode.